0: Doing 10-15 minutes of drilling work each session, if you're doing that, training twice a week, there's 30 minutes extra a week that is warming you up and preparing you for the football session, but also work on your uh, athleticism, your timing, your coordination, your efficiency. And you could argue that for most footballers, they're pretty strong, they've got good aerobic capacity. Where we want to try and get a um, good return on our effort is being able to apply those capacities in an efficient manner. Hello and welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Each week I host live Q&A's where I present on a topic to help footballers and strength conditioning coaches with practical knowledge. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel to receive a notification and never miss the live podcast. If you're a returning podcast listener and you love the show, please show support by rating the show. It goes a long way into helping us reach more listeners. Let's get into today's episode. Make sure to stick around to the very end as I provide a free AFL workout and power tip designed to give you confidence and an insight into what it takes to play AFL. Let's go. Welcome to this week's Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. Today I'll be discussing everything you need to know to help footballers, Australian rules footballers that is, reach an AFL standard of running ability, both from speed endurance, aerobic capacity, but also specific to their playing position and also to mitigate uh, soft tissue injuries and overload type injuries uh, when you're playing the game. So whether you're developing football up, looking to take your conditioning to another level, or if you're just interested and passionate about AFL strength conditioning, then this episode will be great for you. Get out the notepad. And for those tuning in live, either on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, uh, or Facebook, feel free to... Uh, hit us up in the comments section and send through some questions. More than happy to turn this into a Q and A and answer your questions. So shoot them through. But we'll kick it off first. One uh, most important is to build your base. So I'm really talking to the footballer that is currently in season, uh, and as we know, the best time to build your base is in the off season. However, I have known some footballers uh, that have successfully improved their aerobic capacity uh, in season. So it can be done. Uh, You want to do it with, um, uh, you know, taking into account that you don't want to just suddenly go from not doing any extra running at all and just training twice a week and playing a game to now doing an extra three runs a week, of course. You need to make sure you're playing it smart, you're timing your extra work around the times that you're training would be the most important thing. So you still get your recovery windows and you're not on legs, you know, more than five days a week, but you're still getting those, um, that time in between. Uh, Running uh, is really, really important. So pair your running loads on top of your training session. So what that might look like, typically football clubs at community level uh, and even at elite pathways level will train twice a week and there'll be a recovery-based session either early in the week and then more of a high-intensity session typically later in the week. So Tuesday, Thursday, let's go with. Tuesday, if that's more your recovery-based session, then you can still build in some low-level aerobic development work uh, and that footballs that I have seen improve their aerobic capacity or at least maintain an elite level, perhaps. Um, maybe they're doing the draft combine in eight weeks' time uh, and they know that they're going to do a 2K time job they're going to do a yo-yo, um, and they don't want to smash themselves just for two weeks because they know that's not going to get best results. They want to start just chipping away at that goal now uh, by getting an extra aerobic stimulus in a week. So early in the week is great because it's, Far enough from the upcoming game, let's say playing Saturday, you've still got plenty of time to recover from that aerobic stimulus, but also uh, it will work well for preparing you potentially for your main training session where some athletes respond really well for, to actually flushing the legs, getting a bit of aerobic work in early in the week. So try that out. If you're wanting to improve your aerobic capacity in season, use the lighter session of the week on the Tuesday. After you've done your skills or before you've done your skills and see how it feels, see how your body feels the next day, particularly around your joints, uh, your knees, feet, uh, shins. Of course, we want all that feeling good. So keep the volume low and build gradually, maybe add 10% each week for a few weeks and then give yourself a bit of a deload where you, you're low, your volume would be back to week one in four weeks' time. So only needs to be one extra session. But then if you do it before your football session, now your heart rate's higher. So you're getting a little bit more of an aerobic stimulus in your skills program. So that would be something I'd recommend. And just by simply doing that as well, you're, you're, you're going to be uh, getting mo- more out of your skills program because now you're getting a little bit of aerobic conditioning in your craft and lower level skills session. So recommend in terms of timing, do it before skills as long as it's not impacting your ability to um, drive the high standards of your skills program. Of course, you want to make sure that's at a premium level. If you're in the off-season you're listening to this, uh, that's the best time to test your aerobic capacity. So typically research the minimum time we want if we're going to do maximal aerobic speed work, which is doing percentage-based programming so it's specific to you, so having some running targets when you're, when you're doing the program. Um, we either do a 2K time trial, which takes athletes in, typically between six and eight minutes. That's The research shows that's the minimum time we need to work out uh, the average speed of an athlete. They're moving to use it for... To improve the aerobic capacity or you can just simply do a six seven or eight minute uh, max distance run uh, and then divide the distance how far you traveled by the seconds that it took um so for example if we're if we're doing 2k time trial and it, t- and it takes out at six minutes you divide 360 by um two minutes that will get you 5.5 minutes per second and then when we're doing programming like for eight minutes you're doing a 40 second run at 90 percent of your average speed For that athlete, that would be five minutes per second. So they're running 200 meters and they're having 20 seconds off each minute. So that way it's specific if you're running in groups. Everyone can run at 90%, but you might have an ABC group for those strength and conditioning coaches. Um, Most people will be aware of max aerobic speed, but for the footballs listening in or parents maybe that are writing your program for your kids uh, or you're perhaps following our program and you're trying to get a better understanding of the way we do things and why we program uh, percentage-based and we do test the athletes every six weeks, That's the reason being so it's specific to their level uh, and that helps mitigate injury um, because they're not trying to reach, uh, trying to aim for a target or run with someone that's well above their um, threshold all the time. So it works within themselves but also we're allowed to progressively overload them and and hopefully improve their fitness uh, within those six-week periods if you're following the program and if the program is well-designed. So that's an example that we can do to be objective just like most Football's listening in would be used to doing that type of work in the gym where you test your trap bar deadlift and you might do four sets of four at 80%. So if you've got a 100 kilo max and you're doing your four sets of four, it says at 80%. So for that 100 kilo trap bar, they're doing four sets of four at 80 kilos. No difference with your running. You're just working within your uh, limits and your capacity. And over time, when you're following that program, uh, you should be able to reach a new capacity. And that's why it's important to retest if you're following have uh, an objective individualised program. If you are following that program and the athlete has a bad day, doesn't test very well, um, I'm big on making sure that we're following an accurate um, test if we're going to use it prescriptively. So either give the athlete another chance to test um, or uh, you would put them in a group where you think they would fit uh, and just see how they go in that group when they're following the times. Um, because obviously when we're running in with a large group of 50, 60 athletes, it's going to be um, rounded up. So you can have an A, B and a C group. That might be, you know, 6 to 6 minute 30 group for A, 6 minute 30 to 7 minute group, and then a uh, 7.30 uh, minute plus uh, in group C. So that you're working within, uh, roughly within your limits, um, but it, of course it's rounded in the off-season. Uh, and and uh, when you're following our program, it's specific to the individual um, because we have the luxury to do that. So depending on if you're in a group or if you're... Um, if you're following it one-on-one, it can vary. Um, but generally speaking, it's just being able to follow uh, a plan that's specific to you. Uh, typically, for, for that aerobic base, we want to work at least two to one as a minimum. So if you're working, like I said before, the 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off, that's a two to one. If we wanted to really challenge that and work at the same intensity, so 90% of the MAS, um, but we want to progress at the next week to now increasing the work-to-rest ratio, We go to three to one, we would do like a 45 seconds on, 15 seconds off. Okay, so you work out for 45 seconds moving at that 90% speed, how far do they need to travel? It would be just a little bit more than the 200 meters, but they actually get five seconds less rest this time. So we really work on that repeatability uh, and their ability to consistently hit that distance um, while maintaining a a sort of aerobic uh, heart rate. So they're the key ones. Typically sets will go for between six and eight minutes to be able to keep that heart rate nice and high uh, and get a good exposure to that um, volume of running. Then you give them three minutes rest and we might get into a football drill if it's a team training session or we might get into a repeat speed block if that's a focus for the athlete uh, or it might be just uh, um, doing some skill work under a bit of fatigue and then doing another set, for example. So you're getting... You're doing eight of those and you're you're elite and you're doing 200 metres. You're getting 1,600 metres each set. You do a few of those and you start to build up your volume. Tip number two would be football fitness. So we want to test the athlete's ability to concentrate under fatigue. This is where we're going to throw lots of different stresses at them in a football setting. So for these mixed phys sessions, we want to have football drills. So if it's in the off-season, try and getting a few athletes, a few teammates together Minimum of six would be ideal. Um, we want to be doing some high-speed running. So for the research, that's typically 19.8 k's per hour. Um, so we want to be working at, at that speed, or 5.5 meters per second. We want to be getting some sprint distance exposure. So for for athletes, that's around 80% of their max velocity, uh, or for the research, that's you know, moving at 25.5 k's per hour, around seven meters per second. And then we want to be doing that aerobic work that I talked about before as well. So like some max distance runs or Um, some longer efforts where the heart rate's uh, starting to get up and the rest period's really low. And then you're throwing in things like change direction work like a handball game or reactive agility work. So the key with this one is it always feels like a game. It should feel harder than a game. We want to make sure the skills are really done well under fatigue, but also tactically the athletes are communicating to each other. They're setting each other up. Um, they're, They're communicating and they're thinking about the game in the position they are on the field. So the drills need to be able to, be uh, tactically minded and have technical demands and then you drip feed in the uh, different stresses some combat wrestling work tackling work contested marking all the different positions that we can find ourselves on free field all in one Um, and that's really important if you're in the off season if you're in season i wouldn't be doing a lot of that work because it's highly stressful and if you're doing that on your main training session you train thursday you're playing saturday um, that could have a, a negative effect from a fatigue point of view because it's high fatigue and 48 hours time you're playing a game could have a detriment to your performance. So we need to always weigh up the fitness benefit to the fatigue benefit in in-season. Typically, that session is highly stressful can have high fatigue. And, and when you've got a game, probably not the best time. But bye weeks can be an awesome opportunity to get those sessions in on, on a bye weekend to maintain that sharpness. And for some leagues, you have four buyers a year, which is huge. At least two of them you want to get a good match load session in, i think to be able to maintain um peak fitness for the team and the squad and also individually to be chair ripe and making sure you're performing at a high level um so that's where those mixed fizz football fitness sessions really important you're not, not just doing straight line running and you're just doing conditioning work actually mentally challenging the athletes and having a football involved and different stresses all the time so they have to think and um and they have to be able to apply their, uh, skill and make it specific to um, the different positions on the field so key position players make sure they're doing contested marking short shorter reps typically for the midfielders when i work on your first three steps that's where the shuttles can be really good changing direction um, and making sure we're also doing some uh, sprint distance over to you needing to work on that breakaway speed accelerating really hard and focusing on your first 10 meters um, so talking to the position both from a physical point of view and then layering in the skills, doing repeat ground balls, tackle work, fend-offs, spin moves, all that sort of thing. Ben Phillips sent through a question on YouTube. I found that as a mid, the most fatigue is happening in those close contests with the repeat efforts at the footy. Would high-intensity interval training be the most effective for this and what's the best exercises? Great question, Ben. Uh, Thanks for sending it through. Uh, Yeah, that contest, it's quite surprising for those that haven't done um, that type of training in a, in a, in a conditioning, uh, how high the heart rate gets when you do contest work, repeat tackle and grappling and, and, and basically trying to rip the footy off an, an opponent um, and then it hits the ball, hits the ground. It's the first one to try and um, compete and get back to the ground. So doing that type of grappling contest work, how high the heart rate gets, how high just the general fatigue, just mentally how fatiguing it can be. Um, so layering in that contest work with some repeat high-intensity efforts for elite fitness can be really good if you haven't got that elite fitness base yet i'll probably do things in isolation and recommend just focusing on when you're layering in the combat then have a bit of rest period because rest period allows intensity so we're going to make sure when we're doing this contest work and we're doing our running we're we're running and working our work rate per minute or where we're doing the the repeat high intensity efforts is higher than our game for it to be able to help our game performance so there's no point just grinding and doing that garbage running and garbage contest work if it's lower than the intensity of the game i believe that's where you add in rest periods for those that, that need it. And that might just be because it's a new stimulus and you're getting used to it. So if the coach is listening in, see that, read the group. Um, and it might be individual. Some athletes need a passive rest. Others that are really fit to be able to challenge them aerobically. You might get them to do a, a steady state lap, um, which is going to give everyone a couple more minutes to recover and then you go again. That's where the, the coach can really help um, dictate and individualize to the group. Um, but yeah, using your your know, coach's eye for the coach listening in would be my biggest recommendation absolutely interval training um ben will be is quite effective for this because it is that intermittent rather than you know like football is where it's every contest you're going you're going at a high intensity you're trying to get to that ball and win that ball as fast as you can or chase down that tackle as fast as you can so intensity is is important um but there's also a place for um steady state Runs as well. So, especially on your lower intensity days, your feel good days, which typically in the off season, preseason, I'd program once a week where you might just do like a track run and you just go for like a 10 minute steady state pace, go for a couple minute walk and then do another one. Um, So, there's value for everything depending on the individual, depending on your goal. Um, You know, if you're preparing for a combine and you want, want to be relatively specific to the 2K time trial and the yo yo, if you're just comparing on general football fitness. Um, like you've mentioned here with the contests and the repeat high-intensity efforts, then I would break that down every time you're doing a small-sided game, work on your close contact work, your breakaway speed, your fend-off ability, um, and then making sure with your uh, more open drills, you're bringing in those repeat efforts. So just have those key areas, understand the drill that you're in and how you can apply physical conditioning in, into the football where it's most specific. That's where that's we want to be focusing on right now is football is in season, Bring your work rate in your drills, particularly on that main train session where, you, where you're working harder and at more intense pace than match day. Uh, and if you firm believer that if you train at a higher intensity than match day, game day feels far easier. So hopefully that answered your question, Ben. It is very hard without knowing your athletic background, how long you've been training as an Australian footballer for, uh, and your exposure to these the, um, the contest work and the high intensity interval training, um, but. All in all, hopefully there's a few tips there you can take away. Moving over to the the third tip, technical proficiency. So we can do all the capacity work in the gym, be able to lift heavier, lift faster, um, be able to improve our 2K time trial, our aerobic capacity is up, our repeat repeat speed efforts is up, our contest work is up. But if we don't move efficiently, uh, we don't have um, profession technique, um, with our where we're producing force on the ground like with our acceleration work with our change direction angles um, and with our slow running is if it's not efficient then we're either going to uh, lend ourselves to injury or we're just not going to be putting the um, getting maximum bang for buck out of all that capacity you do have. it's not going in the right direction into the ground. So that uh, connection with foot to ground is really important and also from foot knee and hip that um, chain making sure it's all working Together in coordination and the timing is really efficient. So I love to do ten to fifteen minutes of drilling. You can check out our YouTube channel where I've got a playlist of, of drills that you can do. But like switches, um, pogo's to work on that ankle stiffness. Um, really being able to have a good understanding of, of hip lock, um, where our pelvis is in that stable position in that hip height position. And we're not um, when we're sprinting, we're not getting a big ro- um, drop in our in our pelvis, but our pelvis is staying relatively. Um, static as we're moving through Um, so making sure we've got good um, pelvic control trunk control so that's where a lot of the dynamic core work in the gym is um, really really important we've got good understanding of where our ribs are when we're moving at speed where our pelvis is Um, so doing 10-15 minutes of drilling work each session if you're doing that training twice a week there's 30 minutes extra a week that is warming you up And preparing you for the football session, but also work on your uh, athleticism, your timing, your coordination, your efficiency. And you could argue that for most footballers, they're pretty strong. They've got good aerobic capacity. Where we want to try and get um, good return on our effort is being able to apply those capacities in an efficient manner. It's going to reduce your injuries, I believe, with more sound biomechanics, but also it's going to improve your athleticism. Um, And the other aspect that you can help on with that, with is is in the gym so doing some um coordinative base movements in the gym first five minutes just to get your body temperature up but also just to work on on those qualities as an efficient mover really really important can't be overestimated underestimated sorry moving into the fourth and final tip microdose your sprint and agility work and um work on book ending your volume running all right so question sent through on instagram and then I'll go, to, I'll answer this microdosing question, uh, topic first, and then I'll go to your question, Mia uh, Gordon. So like I said, we want to microdose our sprint and agility. This is more specifically talking about in pre-season. So if you're doing 3 preseason sessions a week, I'd like you to um, work on your sprinting technique as well as breaking it down into either, if you've got three sessions, there might be two of those sessions in the current block that we're in. On the Monday and the Friday, let's say, we work on your acceleration. So we're doing like heavy uh, sled sprints, chain sprints, um, and we're also just and banded sprints. We're working on just open your first ten meters, first five meters. Um, so really, working on that short end, first three steps, explosive out of the gate because you're going to do you know for some of you probably a couple hundred of those a game. So they're really specific and really important for football. Uh, and then you more open-ended sprinting. So maybe once a week we we'll do max velocity work. Perhaps this is on Wednesday, let's say. We are now using the center square to open up and hit uh, at least 90% of your max velocity. Um, And then that's in a controlled setting. So we're working on sprinting technique, vertical, upright posture, putting force straight into the ground. But typically you'd hope in the football sessions you're getting more sprint exposure, uh, minimum two times a week in those football sessions on the Monday and the the Friday, let's say. So now we're getting three reveal sprinting exposures It's going to build. Bulletproof your hamstrings, build great resilience and robustness through your whole posterior chain, but also from an athlete point of view, it's the best stimulus for improving your speed is is sprinting. So making sure we're getting good regular exposures, high frequency of that to build that resilience. And then for your volume, that's what we want to respect um from a recovery point of view, like I mentioned before, understanding the difference with of, of where are we improving our fitness and there's going to come Fatigue with that. So, respecting the, the bigger volume sessions are high fatigue sessions. So, I'd bookend them. There might be it. Monday is, is a big session, Wednesday is short and punchy, but high intensity. And then Friday is another big session. So, we're getting 72 to nearly 100 hours in between those um, main sessions. Um, and that's really important. So, you're getting uh same with the agility. You might focus on some reactive, um, truly reactive work where you're mirroring an opponent, uh, really good for the defenders. And there'll be uh, maybe a contest one, or, so that's on the Monday. And then on the Wednesday, it might be more contest type agility where you're trying to um, do it with a, with a tackling component and one athlete's trying to get away from the tackle using their upper body strength or their legs and the other person's trying to tackle them. And then on the Friday, um, it might be a matter of more just uh, agility endurance, change of direction endurance with shuttles in the conditioning um, program. So having themes to your, to your uh, football, but as you can see with all these four tips, um, there's a lot to them. There's a lot of different variant stresses to it, and that's because the game isn't just simply running in a straight line. It's, it's, there's so much to it in terms of the different demands. There's contest. There's um, your short high-intensity accelerations. There's your change of direction ability. There's your, the volume and the endurance nature of repeat high-intensity efforts over a long period of time. So there's lots that goes into it and we want to make sure that we're exposing you through that. Um, but also we've got uh, phases that you're focusing on um, qualities at a time. So like the off-season, best time to work on your aerobic capacity. And then in-season, best time to work on more your, your match football fitness. Um, so making sure you're getting that. You obviously you got your weekly exposure of playing the game. And if you're not getting that, like I said, try and create those mixed fizz football f- fitness sessions. Example as well that I, f- I didn't um, give you. So we might do Three, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off where you're doing some combat work where you're just literally trying to get the football out of an opponent's hands. Once it hits the ground, you've got to get back to the football and you comp- you're competing with another opponent for 20 seconds and you get 10 seconds off, three of those each. So we might go into a handball game, 3v1. One person's in the middle trying to disturb and get the, tap the foot of your way with three on the outside keeping keeping the football, doing uh, handball, so working around, working on some reactive um, fast feet. And then we might do a bit of a kick and move around the ground, um, so practising... Uh, hitting a target using your skills under fatigue and getting some volume and hopefully some high speed as well Um, that's where the tactical communication and that's where the concentration comes into that football fitness that I talked about then we might do some high intensity sprint efforts so the center square is typically 50 meters trying to get that in seven seconds or if you want to be more objective if you know your max velocity um, work out what 80% of that of your max velocity is and run the distance for seven seconds at that speed. And then um, you might do some two-minute efforts on, one-minute effort off. And for, those, for the example I used before, for somebody who's got a six-minute 2K, they'd be getting around 600 meters in that two minutes, and, and that's 90% of their mass. One minute off, do three of those. bang, we do a couple of rounds of that. So you're getting that real match demand. It's much harder than a game. Uh, and it's keeping you, you, your skills up, your football loading, um, but also you getting that, you maintain that match um, stimulus. That can be really important in season. And I've already talked about in the off season precedent how important it is to do the um, longer efforts, make sure you're getting that minimum of two sessions a week um, Monday and the Friday. We're doing our repeat speed uh, sessions on the Wednesday with our max velocity sessions. Um, so you're getting exposure to, um, each quality in isolation, and then as we get closer to the season, we start to then bring it all together into um, the mixed fizz sessions where you're just basically playing the game. Uh, When we train, naturally, you're not competing against an opponent, so that's where conditioning can help bridge the gap and building up that work rate and making training session harder because we're we're working on objectively in our conditioning sessions. So then when you're doing the football drills, naturally, they're just harder because you've just done a conditioning session. So that's where the conditioning can be really important to bridge the gap between competing against opponent and training with your teammates. Okay, so hopefully that all makes sense. There's some tips there, a bit of takeaway. If you've got any follow-up questions, oh, like we do with Mia Gordon, so how to lose fat while also recovering from a concussion. Um, I wouldn't prioritize your mental health and brain health for the concussion rather than focusing on, on losing fat with not knowing how many concussions you've had. Work closely with a sports doctor and um, that's best advice I can give you. Uh, follow the sports doctor's advice. Uh, make sure you get symptom-free and then once you've got on top of your concussion and start to shift your focus towards uh, losing fat and absolutely I can help you with that. If you want to work with one of our coaches, direct message us. Uh, on Instagram or TikTok, uh, or you can email me at jackabellika.pro dot com. Uh, we've got a, a football program that can help with with that if you're in season. We use uh, off feet conditioning to um, get the extra metabolic uh, conditioning work in rather than extra running sessions. Uh, so hopefully that will help. But moving into the rest of the podcast this week, we have oh, got to go. <laughs> we've got our where are we? this week. Uh, here we go. We've got Jacob Jennings on on Wednesday, David Young live with at uh, two thirty PM on Thursday, and Nathan Parnham on Friday. So make sure to tune in for those episodes. We've got our uh, Enhanced Football. So congratulations on them winning our recent poll. Make sure to check that out. Um, they were voted by you guys for the best football resource. Our recent athletic poll as well. Contrast was the most dominant for strength and power for improving your athlete development. That came out 57% on LinkedIn, 47% on Twitter. Drilling coordination was 12%, 11% on Twitter. And energy system development, 29% and 42% on Twitter. Our next one will be for coaches, what is your favorite social media for uh, coaching value? And our workout for this week to round up this weekly episode, He's a concurrent total body workout that I got from Pat Basil who we we're interviewing on the podcast very soon. He's a strength expert. You do a heavy lower body exercise. I've chosen the box squat. Do five sets of three at 80% of your one rep max with a speed upper body movement, so a banded bench press. Five sets of four at only 50% body weight, but plus the band tension. And then your accessory with single arm lap pull down, three sets of 10. That's one block. So you do, you do those three X's concurrently um, moving through the sets. And that's a great way to get a minimum effective dose in season while maintaining muscle mass. Getting high intent of those exercises because they all um, will, will complement each other rather than taking each other away. So it's good quality, bang for buck, uh, and you're not going to lose. You won't get too much um, fatigue or muscle soreness from that. So for someone that's just trying to maintain their strength and power and muscle mass, give that workout a go. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Jack McLean, an AFL football strength and conditioning coach, and I want to introduce you to the Prepare Like a Pro Academy. Our academy is a subscription-based platform where you can sign up to be a part of our community. If you get to the end of each episode of the podcast and are hungry for more, this is for you. Designed for aspiring AFL athletes and staff, you'll receive heaps of bonus weekly content. Learn who the guests are in advance and submit questions access to our facebook group with jack and other prepare like a pro coaches you'll be able to receive merchandise program discounts and freebies and get free access to our live events exercise technique database and much more this is a great way for you to support the podcast and it helps me with production and release of epic content for you guys each week your contribution goes a long way in making prepare like a pro community possible and just for $5 a week you'll have access to all of this special content released on our academy forums. There's no lock-in and you can cancel absolutely any time.